Before we get started today, we would like to bring some awareness and share with our listeners some important resources on anti-racism and organisations that you can donate to. In so-called Australia, we live on stolen land, land in which sovereignty was never ceded, and as white people, we benefit from this daily as a result. It's important for us not only to identify outside institutions and other individuals as racist, but to look at our own lives and into our own hearts and see the many varied and sometimes even micro ways in which we contribute to racism ourselves. The brands we support, the music and art we consume, the lack of racial diversity in our workplaces and the policies we often leave unchallenged. This is our privilege as white people, and these are just some of the ways in which we contribute to racism. As Ibram X. Kendi writes in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, racist and anti-racist are like peelable name tags that are placed and replaced depending on what someone is doing or not doing, supporting or expressing in each moment. These are not permanent tattoos. No one becomes a racist or anti-racist. We can only strive to be one or the other. We can unknowingly strive to be a racist. We can knowingly strive to be an anti-racist. Like fighting an addiction, being anti-racist requires persistent self-awareness, constant self-criticism, and regular self-examination. So, we really encourage our listeners to go out and do some research and education on anti-racism and the true Australian history, Australia's black history. Also, here are a few charities we'd like to mention. Change the record. Change the Record is Australia's only national Aboriginal-led justice coalition of Aboriginal peak bodies and non-Indigenous allies. They work to end the incarceration of and family violence against Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Aboriginal Legal Services Victoria, and I say Victoria because that's where we live, but there are also Aboriginal legal services in each of the other states and territories. VALS plays an important role in providing referrals, advice and information, duty work or casework assistance to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in the state of Victoria. And uh, Children's Ground. It says on their website, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander families realise their aspirations for the next generation of children to have agency over their social, cultural, political and economic future, to be free from trauma and suffering enjoy equity and safety, and grow into adulthood feeling happy and able to enjoy their identity, health, and well-being. So, we'll put the links for these organizations and some other invaluable resources up in the episode description for this episode and also in our Instagram bio. And finally, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land in which we record and release this podcast the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Catchy smile, you got that catchy smile. Stop a while, come back with that catchy smile. Come back, baby, we'll fly away. Come back, we'll just fly away. Together, baby, but don't tell your nonna. Hello, and welcome to another episode of What a Great Punk. Hey. Hi. How you going? Um, we uh, have a very special guest on our show today, um, the lovely Joel from Amity Affliction. Um, hello, Joel. Hello. Hello. This technology is just something else, isn't it? I look forward yeah. to whatever whatever we're doing in like 30 or 40 years to absolutely yeah. embarrass our children. 
probably already doing it in a way. I'm definitely already doing it. I got three kids, and I can I can say that the uh, the two older ones are already embarrassed. Are they? <laughs> yeah, because uh, I'm I'm like just their dad. You know, I'm not like cool. I tell them to do the dishes and take the bin out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, every now and then, um, one of Jaro Jaro's got a couple of friends that listen to the band, and they'll come over and be like. But the rest of them are just whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got some cousins that are like 13 and 18 and they just don't think I'm cool at all. Not that I am cool, but they just like, they're just like, they don't give a fuck. They just think I'm a big dork. Yeah. And it's very grounding. Yeah. Yeah. I need yeah, they're pretty, uh, pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah. Nah. And then my youngest, if we put on, um, if Amity ever comes on, he's just like, it's too loud. But yeah, uh, yeah. Loves hip hop and like uh, acoustic music. <laughs> and, oh, okay, you both decided to have have the sun at your back. I know. It, yeah, it's an interesting setup. It is. I mean, You've you you look clear right. today. You've got like a professional yeah. office chair thing going on. Well, I'm I'm drawing right now, so I've got my there's a light oh. just over there that you can't okay. see. What are you drawing? I'm drawing. I'm drawing this small illustration. Oh, nice. Sick. That's yeah. cool. That's bad. So. Yeah, lots of lots of dots, like thousands and thousands and thousands of dots. Is this what are you like? You do the graphic design for the band and stuff. Uh, I do some. Um, I did the last album, and then I did Severed Ties. I did. I like. I've directed them with Iron. We've sort of directed all of them, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I did everything up until Severed Ties, and then we and then we decided to go with someone else. Okay. Um, which we didn't really need to do, but we thought we did. You know, young band go to the famous designers mm. for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. No need. <laughs> I think back then, though, back then the packaging was still important, and I always wanted to get really nice packaging, like all these other mm-hmm. bands had. Like you know, they had like the cutout cover with you know fucking gold foil and all this other shit, and I was just like super, super keen to get it. And by the time we had the budget to do that, no one cared. Yeah. <laughs> so no, uh, no three D holograms for me. No, yeah. no foil. No foil everywhere and different mm-hmm. different types of paper and yeah. Oh well. How do you feel about packaging today? Do you do you still like I love do you, it. Do you yeah, value love it personally. It. Yeah. Of course. I I mm-hmm. think um have you guys you know um Lachlan who does the, the metal show on Triple J or whatever, his band run just put out like a package only packaging. So it's like more art, more emphasis on the mm-hmm. art and it's got like all the lyrics mm-hmm. and everything in it, but minus the vinyl. Because, yeah, because they were like, no one's going to open this just for the vinyl. So they've done like this really like art-based package that, you know, you get a shirt and whatever, you know, the usual garbage plus this uh, really cool package. And then all the songs have an animation that actually all links together. I was like, that's maybe it's going to come back just as just as packaging and then in 10 years everyone will throw that out. So (laughs) Yeah. More (laughs) landfills. Yeah. Look at all my CDs, and then you're like, ah, streaming's here. I'll never need these things again. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that time I got given a CD in Perth? Oh, my recently? God. This was... <laughs> Todd is Todd is like generally speaking a really like mild mannered, well mannered person. Um, and we 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 played this show for this promoter in Perth, and um, they were called. Oh, I won't say what they were called. They were they're a local band, and um, please please tell me. 
they were called the brat. Yeah, we'll cut yeah. it out. <laughs> they called the brat. And <laughs> <laughs> they gave you a demo? So he's dropping us back at the airport after the show. And then he gives Todd a brat CD. And Todd's like, oh, no, no, I don't have a CD player or anything. He's like, just take it, just take it. And Todd said, I, dude, I don't have a CD player. I don't have a car. It's, it's not going to. And then he goes, just take it. And Todd goes, dude, it'll end up in the bin. <laughs> I I said I it, I didn't think of that scene right there. Yeah, I said I'm so sorry. I, honestly, I think the only thing I will be able to think of to do with this is put it in the bin. Because <laughs> like I was I was thinking ahead about I was too honest about what I'd do next. I'm like fucking not gonna. And the funny thing is, it was a cardboard like. CD sleeve with no yeah. CD in it. It was packaging only. Oh, yeah, didn't even have a CD in the <laughs> No, no. It was packaging only. So he's ahead of the real. times. He's ahead of the times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but yeah, you can't put your CD in to the CD demo. So that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. But God bless him. And it was a funny time. And, you know, shout out Todd for, for speaking your truth. But you're not normally that rude. It was pretty rude. No, I'm not. I did feel horrible. Rude? That's. Yeah, it's very rude. I need to, maybe I need some lessons. It's kind of rude. I mean, well, hang yeah, on, you got it, it. Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe that's not rude. It's no, like it's not. it's not actually. Maybe you guys are just you guys are just a bit too nice. I think probably. <laughs> I think that it's not rude to 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 not want to take something that you're not going to use. It's it's not. True. It's a nice well, gesture of his, but you know, whatever. And if I'd have said that first, that would have been rude. But I three times said, "It's all good, man. Like, don't. It's all good. You keep it." Like I was pulled. You know, I did the. Yep. Thing he just needed to hear the truth. I think I guess. He was rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I'm rebranding this as well, actually, Joel. Yeah. yeah, you would have been. You were much more diplomatic than I would have been. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it was. Todd, what about the record label you started? Oh, Roadside Records. Roadside. I actually Records. started that with some friends um, from Adelaide. Back in the day, as you know, you remember the days where you, you've, everyone had demo CDs at concerts and stuff. Um, when we'd, um, if you're on tour driving around Australia or whatever, you'd listen to the CDs and then you'd all have a vote if um, to whether it would get signed to Roadside Records. And if you sign it to Roadside Records, the window goes down and it gets flipped down. <laughs> <the> <laughs> <laughs> just want to say that we don't endorse littering at all. It's really fun. Oh, yeah, that's my kind of record label. I yeah. I feel like I feel like Amity and any of the bands that you guys may have travelled in would have uh, would have been signed to Roadside Records. Sure, we've all been it's signed to Roadside possible. Records. It's quite possible. Yeah, I think it's quite probable. I, like I'm very aware that we're the guilty pleasure of a lot of people. <laughs> we're probably yeah. we're probably signing the contracts now. Yeah, we're I'd still getting that. signed. Yeah, Amity are getting signed by Roadside Records across the globe right now by uh, racists and bootlickers. So yeah, uh, how have you dealt emotionally over the years with the the idea that you know not only are there are a lot of people who like your band that there'd be people that don't like it as well? Well, it, we're very polarizing. Mm-hmm. So it can be a bit of a roller coaster. People are either like in tears passionately for us or uh, or want to murderous it seems like um one or the other or both sometimes just (laughs) just just from one thing to the next i'm not i'm a very vocal person i've never i've um you know i grew up listening to to punk and hip-hop and hardcore and all all three things sort of um at least back or at least the hip-hop i listen to um sort of have like a, a strong cultural bent for you know, anti-authority and and anti-racist and anti-capitalist to a large extent. And I'm I'm like 
super vocal about it and that upsets some people mm. i guess a lot of people don't want to be challenged by anything they're happy just to be you know middle of the road nothing to see here kind of thing so um yeah it, it it can be pretty rough but it's it's mainly rough when we put out an album and um and you have people like uh saying oh you're just in it for the money and i'm like oh <laughs> well where is this money i would love the money please give it to me <laughs> but, but um yeah like that can be a bit a bit upsetting but then it's like every album we put out we have the same discussion the same text chain i'm always upset Aaron's like just man the people that like it aren't really going to say anything just mm. like mm. fine look at the numbers the numbers are great and i'm just like yeah but so-and-so said i'm only in it for the money and he's like so mm. what and i'm like i'm upset <laughs> mm. so yeah. yeah i've got a bit of a fragile brain as it stands you know it's yeah. easy to easy for to sure. get me over the edge i think in time there's been a, a lot of times where i've um you know, you, ha- you could have a hundred people that like you and the one person that doesn't and you focus in on them. And um, Absolutely. And, and it's, it's important to, I guess, try and like get a hold of the mechanism that drives that reaction and work out, observe it and work out what the hell is, is driving that and how important is it. And um, Yeah, creating any type of music opens you up to criticism that you're not, you're not uh, sort of exposed to in everyday life from mm-hmm. people that you're not exposed to and you've got no context on what this person's like and how they exist in the world and you, you've only got them directing vitriol straight at you and you're like, oh, maybe my, maybe my deepest, darkest fears that I'm shit are correct. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I guess it's about like showing up in the face of that, isn't it? And like Yeah, it is. And sometimes it's it's um you know, on the flip side, if I well, I do often uh have something to say back to those people and then people are like, Oh my god, you're such an asshole. I'm like, Oi, why does this guy get to sling shit at me and I can't sling it back? <laughs> like yeah. give me a yeah. fucking break. I've been you mentioned um like anti capitalist sentiments before and like I've been thinking about like how you reconcile um, having anti-capitalist sentiments um, and operating uh, in a capitalist system and benefiting from a from a capitalist system, you know. But you have to work within the system to try and affect change in some manner. And I think there's like a, a transition from a faulty system to a, a system that works. But unfortunately for for us, not being uh, uber wealthy people, it's very difficult to really affect any change outside of our our sort of limited social group. Um, you know, like I was saying this to our tour manager Sam recently like I've I've made the choice to go vegan in the last few years and it's it was driven by being around like strong vegans like really like uh, mm. ethically minded vegans and um and I was like see so that's an example of affecting change just on a on a macro level and yeah. that's that's a positive you know what I mean if you if you help one person to to understand their impact on society just as a single person then you've done mm. something so I think yeah. that's that's all you can do really yeah well it's a it's an easy um it's an easy thing to forget that change starts with yourself right you know oh, and like absolutely. jump, jump yeah. straight to um trying to change others trying to change systems and it's like mm. the biggest most complex system to disentangle from is your own conditioning yeah um, and absolutely start. yeah 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 and i think like getting to the point where you even understand that is is probably one of the hardest parts mm. 
and and getting over the especially in Australia like the the culture of apathy mm. like what what the fuck can I possibly do that matters mm. like, well you can do a lot actually yeah <laughs> yeah just change yourself yeah yeah definitely uh definitely the starting place <laughs> yeah veganism we've talked about it a bit on pod Todd's yeah. vegan have you yeah You're a, a little vegan. bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, make it tough. Um, yeah, just just shut up. Like you just mm. you don't have to. You don't What's have Peter? to be like that, you know. Peter. Yeah. Ah, you haven't heard of Peter? P E T A. Oh no. my god, man! I don't even know what it stands for. It's like fucking. Uh, An- it's an animal know. rights group, basically, with a bunch of celebrity uh, yeah. like faces and like. I'm gonna uh, take one. It's Peter. Ethical treatment. Yeah, people for the ethical treatment of animals. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, I had a friend that worked there, and he said their whole um their whole shtick and their whole means of raising awareness for animals is to like latch on to controversy right i was like i was like sick really good game plan yeah yeah mm. like mm. that's it yeah so they're literally trying to get into the news by um by like making these super offensive billboards in america right and then when they get declined because they're absolutely insane they're like oh look we're being stifled blah 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 mm. animal rights matter etc etc so yeah right. they make it hard to be vegan also a lot of vegans make it hard to be vegan yeah they're the worst just don't eat them like just don't eat the animals yeah mm. well yeah. i'm i'm vegetarian joel peter would say you're the worst offender <laughs> is that right <laughs> yeah absolutely they 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 seem to hate vegetarians more than they hate meat eaters is that right yeah you're like the centrist meat yeah, eaters are like the far right and we're the far left you know we're See, violent been... antifa yeah <laughs> you're a karen I... <laughs> I've been giving myself a pat on the back for my vegetarianism. I'll have you know. Yeah. So you should. So you should. So, so like, does everyone that votes for Biden. <laughs> oh, look out. <laughs> You're an Anthony Albanese kind of guy, aren't you? Oh, apparently so. <laughs> Um, but uh, look, making making a lot of vegan choices these days, that's for sure. A lot. Yeah. But maybe I should yeah. just take the plunge now. Look, I. you know what? I, I think... Um, Anyone from any group, including people that eat meat, like a lot of them are doing more for the environment than the the vocal um, militant vegans out there. So just who who cares? Yeah. Just do your best. Yeah. Thanks, Joel. If doing your best means cutting out one meat pie a week. That's pretty good. Just yeah. one meat pie. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that, guys? Yeah. yeah. One less. Just cut down boots. that pie. Yeah. Um. Or beefies or pie face. <laughs> um. Oh, fuck. I forgot. Go ahead, Tom. What were you going to No, I had a good thing and I fucking lost it. What were we talking about? Veganism. (laughs) I don't remember. Sorry, guys. Delete that. Snip that bit out. We might cut it, but it might be be good to show Todd's vulnerability. Yeah, because I'm just usually so good on here that you need to... People need to know the real me. Um, Speaking of cutting snipping bits out... um, Here we go. On last week's podcast... (laughs) He's back, Joel. He's back. Um... I'm not sure if you listened to it. It's perfectly fine if you haven't. But he didn't listen to it. Of course he hasn't. <laughs> no, I didn't listen to it. I can't I, believe you asked that. Well, I didn't want to assume that he's like do, now to, you know, right. do whatever to listen. I don't, that's a rude assumption to make as well, you know? Okay. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, sorry. And um, basically on last week's episode, it was just me and Jamie and we couldn't think of like heaps of shit to talk about. So, I was just telling him um, how I woke up kind of feeling a little like funny and resentful to Frank and our band in a, in a very like um, light-mannered light way, but just because I, 
um, found out that he like copy and pasted something that with like a grant application of mine that I sent to him as like a reference and then he just copy and pasted it. Anyway, I Shout was out talking Frank. to Frank last night and he was actually quite upset that I like outed him on the podcast and made him seem like, oh, you're like kidding. A, yeah, like a plagiarist kind of like person. So, well, if Frank wants to email me the grant application, <laughs> I'll have a look over it and maybe I can just copy and paste it. I've learnt my lesson. I'm not sending any but Frank. In. Oh, but Frank can't. Well, this is the thing. I wanted to, I felt bad because I kind of gave, because Frank is actually like a, probably one of the best guys I know. He's called oh God, Frank so, and he's just so, he couldn't lie if he wanted to, you know. Um, and he um, he didn't like the fact that we left that, we didn't snip that bit out of the podcast. So, oh, I wanted to apologize. Um, I thought I could call him even and just apologize on pod to make him feel better. Um, oh, yeah. Should I give him a buzz? Oh. Yeah, give him a buzz. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Frank. It's Todd. Todd. How you doing? Um, How are you? Good, mate. Um, just uh, you're on pod with Jamie and Joel Birch from Amity Affliction. Hey, what's what's hey everyone? Hi, mate. I just wanted to apologise. Yeah. Um, last week, <laughs> throwing under the bus a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right under the bus. Yeah. Um, oh, you felt like a, a shame. You felt like I sullied um your name, and yeah, I feel like sullied it. I feel like I might have kind of just brought up some sort of stuff that happens and but didn't really give people the whole picture of you you know yeah that's true painted um, me as a as a plagiarizer yeah a villain and i don't think that's fair because you're a wonderful writer um yeah. you don't plagiarize apart from that one time and yeah. um one stuff up yeah so it's all over. i'm uh, i really apologize oh so fine so fine um and- it, but i was trying to um relocate and i'm really worried about it a spider yeah daddy long legs but a real big one's kind of just <laughs> blended into the carpet i can't see it <laughs> i'm scared of daddy long legs too don't worry frank a real stonker with big kind of like creeping legs okay okay um all right well dude i'm glad we're still friends are we still friends yeah i know thank god huh yeah um jamie wants to apologize too didn't, appreciate that he didn't snip it out <laughs> Joel, Joel wants to apologise because he feels complicit in, in our actions. Joel, I was going to contact you separately and uh, follow <laughs> up on that, but I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Joel, Frank and I actually went to the Amity Affliction show together at the Rod Laver Arena last year. Oh. I think it was Melbourne Arena. Melbourne Arena. Yeah. I don't know I don't know the difference is, but yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, nice. it was huge. Yeah. Big drum nice. riser. Big drum riser oh. energy. Oh, do you know what I couldn't get over about that show was how fucking and this isn't to blow smoke up your ass. This is more just for me and Frank to reminisce. But how good it sounded! It was enormous. <laughs> it was incredibly big. Yeah, yeah, that was that was sick. Um, all right, Frank. Well, um, any any parting words to Jamie um, and Joel? Just like give give it um, give it all you got, Jamie. Did you um, put the pancakes in? No pancakes went in. Oh wow. <laughs> All right. All right, Frank. Talk to you later. All right, later. All right, there you go. Do you yeah. feel absolved? Nah, I feel a little bit dirty about it, actually. It's 
them don't feel themselves. I apologized for in real life in the car, actually, but I also think I've over-apologized now. Yeah, it's been... You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm the the bad one. Remember that fight we had in London, Todd? We had a fight yeah. um, in London. <laughs> we don't fight often, but we were we were touring with DZ Death Rays and we were um, sitting backstage. Oh, we're, it started at Soundcheck and um, Todd, like, I plugged my vocal pedals into Todd's um, power board on the side and he kind of like kind of did a bit of a shooing sort of action with his hand or whatever and said can you plug that in somewhere else or something like that and it was like it was like topping off a list of like minor offenses that Todd had um had inflicted upon me during that week and it was the straw that broke the camel's back and it put me in a fucking rubbish mood and I was sitting backstage and I couldn't shake the mood and I wanted to mm. desperately wanted to be in the right mood to go on stage so I said Todd can we have a word outside and we went outside and then we just settled our differences like men didn't we and Todd full credit to you you listened to every single thing I had to say now nah, no no fists in this one he, mm. he um he, you listened to every single thing I had to say and you took it on board and then we hugged it out and then we we're back on top and the rest of the tour was great. Yeah. I um I listened and I didn't come back at you with anything. Okay, well, I've you patted know, you I'm on the back. You don't need to pat yourself <laughs> on the back. Joel, do you guys have some um some interband conflicts or did you and do you still? I have um I've slapped Aaron across the face with my um passport in <laughs> in the uh in the immigration line at um at Calais and then he open hand slapped me straight back. And uh, oh. yeah, we had to de-escalate that one <laughs> pretty fast. What happened? Yeah, uh, yeah. Why did well, that happen? Well, uh, we, I think I, I must have just stopped drinking or something. And um, I was like pretty angry for about 12 months after I stopped drinking. Oh, I just, that sounds I about right. You know, come, come to grips with just real life and I, I didn't like it. And um, he was, he was shit-faced. And being really loud and talking about how it was a crime that he had to line up and blah blah blah. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was just like, shut up, man! Like yelling. He was, you know, just just drunk. Like nothing really particularly out of the ordinary. But when you're yeah. not drunk and you're and you're enraged by the fact that you're not drunk, yeah, um, it's not great. So yeah, I slapped him, and then our tool manager was just like, I don't know what to do. And um and yeah, but the next morning we I woke up and I said, "Do you want to slap on the face, buddy?" <laughs> and then we laughed, and that was it. Yeah, there's better places to slap each other in the face, that's for sure. That's for sure. I'd say so. It's actually the only mm. physical altercation we've ever had. That's nice. But tip, tip, we're not like you guys. We don't resolve things very fast. So it just sort of it um it sort of boils beneath the surface for six months, and then we both shout at each other, and then. We laugh and hug and then, you know, six months later, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Um, that's just a working relationship with anyone, isn't it? Anyone that you live in, live in each other's assholes. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. forced. You've yeah. got no choice. It's a pretty natural thing that sort of gets shitty at those closest to you as well. Like you think about like, you know, this is pretty common with a lot of people like your mum gives you a call and like for some reason out of everyone in the world, you always get angry at your mum on the phone. I I tend to just like get irritated at her for no reason and then as soon as I hang up, just feel really bad for it, mm. about it, you know? Oh, same. She mm. can call me up and talk about a veggie patch and stresses me out for some reason. So, yeah. it's, it's really yeah. not her fault. <laughs> Shout out, mums. Fuck. All right. Do I have to call my mum now? Uh, nah. <laughs> nah. Nah, I wasn't serious. I wasn't going to uh, call mum. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I was interested. So, Caleb told me, Joel, that your favorite band, the drummer from your f- favorite band is now the drummer in your band. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. That's pretty cool. Se- like, semi-embarrassing going from, like, a full-on sweater to to having him in the band. Like, we, we actually yeah. became, fr- we became friends, like, on a warped tour where um, I don't think they were expecting to make any friends and they actually made a lot mm. of friends. With, with people that play, you know, vastly different music than they do, but all grew up in the same sort of larger scene. Um, so that was a bit weird. I was like, he's still in my phone as Joe DeFeeder, which is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't changed that. I should probably change it. It's a bit sweaty, but whatever. <laughs> um, That's so good. I love that. It was like hearing their mixes before anyone else. I was like, yes, I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, crazy. Yeah, I I um I don't listen to to any bands in our genre. Um, mm. Yeah, like I I listen to your, like Poison the Well. I still listen to often, but um other than that, I just really listen to hip hop and and hardcore. What are you liking at the moment? Like any got any albums on rotation or? I'm like in a Poison the Well wormhole. That's all I'm listening to. Yeah. Now I'm just listening um, to like podcasts about Karl Marx and all this other shit because. The drift to the far <laughs> left continues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm excited for, do you know, have you heard, you know that band End? It's kind of like a metal, I, can, I don't even know, I don't know what genres are, kind of metalcore, I guess. It's like, um, I'm excited for their new album to come out. It's really heavy. It's sick. Um, I've heard, I'm so disconnected. We play so many shows. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just like, yeah. whatever, man. Heavy music. Just yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, for sure. you know, if it's too heavy i'm just like i listen to it i'm like wow that's so heavy and then i'm just out of yeah, yeah yeah big deal yeah what are you talking about are you talking about something good yep all right the older i get the more sort of broad my tastes get but then the more sort of reinforced my old tastes get as well so mm-hmm. it's it's like i've grown up on on hardcore and and hip-hop and now I'm like trapped in that world, and the things that I listen to that are outside of that are like vastly different. So, yeah. um, the more like modern music like that, I I appreciate it, and I I listen to it from time to time. But it's not like a it's not a staple for me. I don't know. There's like there's only one guy actually. This guy named Corbin um, who I'm like obsessed with. But his just his lyrics and his voice and his like the visuals that go along with the things he does. I'm just like mm. that's perfect. That's perfect music to me. Big shout out to Corbin. Mm. Please put out <laughs> a new album. I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll DM it to him. I'll DM him in the pod. <laughs> um, hey Joel, do you want to um do you want to plug anything? Yeah. No plugs. Nice. All right, no, we'll hear no that loud and clear. All right, sweet. Yeah. Um I'm going to plug whatever you plugged at the start of the show for um, Black Lives Matter charities and, and encourage everyone to donate. Even if it's a dollar, it still goes a long way. So that's my plug. Thanks, Joel. Um, Joel Birch, right. what a great punk. Thanks for coming on. In a, non, in a totally non-punk band, I'm so sorry. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I've just um, been, I've been, like, I've been ruminating a little bit just the last few days about how the band is seen by outsiders and just and just thinking all these like hardcore people that are uh, just taking it at face value are totally ignoring the fact that like I'm I'm vocally 
anti-establishment, anti-police, anti-racism. We've got a guy from 50 Lions, a guy from Defeater, and a meme lord. Mm. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. And I, I think mm. that they miss the, you know, I think the ethos in the band is still hardcore because we all came from it. Mm. It's just that we don't play mm. hardcore music. I think that a lot of people in those scenes are just so, like, close-minded to what their scene is or, like, what that hardcore sound is that they can't really look yeah. beyond or don't want to or they're so quick to shut anything off. Yeah, it sucks because when we were um, – when I started in bands, it was like, you know, like us playing with a, a mosh band, with a straight-edge band, with a youth mm. band, with an emo band all on the same bill and everyone yeah. under the hardcore umbrella – just based purely on the fact that it's like a whole genre for outcasts. So it's a shame, but I think, you know, things come in waves. So Mm. it'll probably happen again where people are um, more open to the larger sphere of of the hardcore scene. But being such a fan of hardcore yourself, like when you guys are in like in the sort of writing phase or whatever, are you ever tempted to like, right within the confines of that genre or like i guess what i'm trying to say is like what what is it that that creates your your sound well dan writes all our music now and he is like i write all the lyrics aaron writes all the melodies for singing and dan writes all the music and dan is like a really single-minded person so when we decided to make misery like we all talked about it like we want to we want to push ourselves and we want to create something that's like you know what we feel is age appropriate um, in the band mm. sort of age, not our personal ages. And and we decided to write that. And so he just went off and listened to just um, like electronic music and pop music. And that was it. And then for the recent one, he was actually just listening to like, to like death metal and shit. Um, mm. like melodic death metal and, and really, really heavy stuff, but mainly to, to listen to like, sort of tones that are going on in the songs and so he's just he's just informed by whatever he chooses uh the direction of the music to be so and what was i'm hearing those early demos of the instrumentals or whatever like what was your what was your initial like reaction to them for misery or for the new album for the new record for the new record i was really excited because i for me misery was like we did it and that's it like i didn't want to i didn't want to go further down that path um and i was happy to be to be winding it back but at the same time when we did it we thought we were doing what was right for us so it was still an exciting process it's just that once we'd done it and we realized it wasn't sort of as fulfilling um especially playing live when we got out and performed those songs live we were just like yeah, like that's, you know, it is what it is and we like the songs on on record, but mm. when we perform them, we are just like, that's not us, you know. Mm. So when we got out there and played all the new stuff, it was, it was fucking amazing and we felt that yeah. energy back and, and really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I, you know, it's the, uh, every band does it, I think. They, they have the album that they got. We did what we yeah. wanted and, uh, and yeah. 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 <laughs> It's it's a it's a, it's a bit it's a big one that um like enjoying something recorded and then taking it to the to the like the lot, like rehearsal room or the stage or whatever and like seeing how different the experience of the the song is in that context. Yeah. 
and then weighing yeah. those things some up of, as well. It's interesting, that isn't it? Some of the experiences were very negative. Let me tell you, <laughs> just like just like going from from like an old energetic song into one of the new ones, and just looking at it and being like, <sighs> yeah, you know, yeah, they're nodding their head and they're singing along, but you know, it's not the same. Yeah, I like yeah. an energetic room makes you feel energized. Yeah, for sure. We couldn't like agree more with that. When Metallica plays anything after 1992, it's... Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think they've slowed everything down now to ballad speed anyway. Yeah. 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 They blew it. Yeah, they fucking blew it. But... Yeah, I'm sure they fucking care what I think about them blowing it too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll, D- I'll DM them after this as well. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> they blew it, but I think... Let, let's talk about Metallica for 20 seconds. Oh, they, um God freakishly managed to do like 15 to 20 years of like absolute fucking stonking records before they blew that's it true. so that's true I, you know saying anger was funny but um yeah <laughs> i thought the i thought the latest one was not so bad it's yeah, right. yeah yeah i'd just like to give a shout out to the to the only metallica song that i um that i really know and the only one that i ever purchased um big shout out to unforgiven 2 by metallica <laughs> Yeah, nice. That's a tune. Given to yeah. yeah, that's a banger. It's a banger. Yeah. They had some big songs yeah. in those two albums, Load and Reload. Until It Sleeps, big song. You got to check that out. If you like Unforgiven 2, you like Until It Sleeps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll open up a fresh tab yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, um, thanks right. so much, Joel, well, for joining go. us, man. It was, a, it was a great chat. I, did you have a good time? I did. I had a great time. Thank you very it's good, much. It's good to meet you. Yes. Yeah. And e-meet. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good, good to meet you, man. Yeah. All right, man. Bye. Take care. Have a great day. See you, brother. See you. Bye.